Oh, the stuff that the 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 stuff that other people like. <laughs> I, uh, I I can assure you, I don't like anything anyone else uh, likes. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I mean by I'm a pretentious hack, which is, but you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's this show. The first aeon, I was the great spirit. In the second aeon, men knew me as the horn god, pangenitor, panthage. In the third aeon, I was the dark one, the devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not. For I am the Hidden One. In the fifth Aeon, I appear before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new Aeon, I appear to you as... C.M.M. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above. Is commentary on the magic art. In the year of the final form, in the dawn of terrestrial birth. Oh, that was very educational. Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by what I just said. This is CMN. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sad Mad Kennedy. And this is Chaos Magic News, the only news outlet brought to you by Mandela Effect. Joining me is my doppelganger of a host, Dougie Jones. Dougie Jones? Dougie Jones. I'm sorry, I've been watching the new Twin Peaks, which is like four years old now, but you know what I mean? The the third season of Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks The Return. Well, um... I mean, it's it's just it's good stuff. So, I mean, I haven't watched it yet, but I I always enjoy t- Twin Peaks and yeah. But n- anyway, we will we will not. Well, I mean, I I'm not going to just talk about Twin microphone. Peaks, but I <laughs> like across the room. I I punted this thing like a football. That's fucked. Is everything okay? All right. No, it's 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 all good. Let's keep going. Still recording. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're. Good I'm gonna to go. love that audio. Uh, it doesn't I, like looking at the the screen. You could probably not even tell. No, I'll <laughs> I'll just compress the hell out of it and raise it up, and you'll just hear like, Doom. it'll sound like or a like fucking a bomb goal. going off. That's yeah. what I'll do. I'll just put or a just... bomb exploding in the background. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, this is the first episode of the new year, technically, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean the the Lovecraft special came out after the new year, but it was done at christmas it was recorded as beforehand tell. yeah right right um so that yeah that's so that's pretty cool we're that means we've been doing this for a good bit now i mean yeah like anyway we, we won't get we won't get hung up on the time or how how many episodes we're in but yeah we have a uh, whole other episode for getting hung up on time <laughs> foreshadowing Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, um, anyway i don't know what's going on this episode i i did not really prepare this i i have yeah, the vague kind of outline the... of what's going on here and so if this episode sucks everyone blame dougie it, it's all right if this episode isn't good you can all uh band together get your pitchforks and torches and 
you know, just just re- run me right out of town. But I think and, you guys are going to find this. Go make your own podcast. This... <laughs> yeah, you could. You <sighs> that's a uh, that's the most chaos magic sensibility of all, right? If you don't like what I'm doing, you can kick rocks. Yeah, well, but we're anyway, talk about, uh... I I find that this episode. <clears throat> I think you will find that this episode is nearly indistinguishable from the usual humdrum. Yeah. We're, we wanted to open talking about the subject of burnout, especially considering that we all just made it through the holidays. And I don't know about you guys, but my holiday from pretty much from Thanksgiving to now was a pretty stressful time. Just a lot of running around, a lot of a lot of things that I wish I didn't have to deal with and then having to deal with them. That's more of a general burnout, which can definitely impact your magical practice. But I think we wanted to get more into the notion of burnout in your magical practice. I mean, I wanted to talk about general burnout. General burnout is yeah, he's my a, former he's... drill instructor. <laughs> Burnout's a real thing, I think. It's like, in the way that doing any esoteric practice is an art as much as a science as you know some people would like to put it it's i think getting burnout with what you're doing is pretty common honestly as chaos magicians the there's a real easy out for most of us we just kind of change paradigms but i also want to sort of warn against that I think there's a lot well, more benefit to working through burnout magically than there is with just trying to like distract yourself. Well, I, I think in a way that's sort of jumping from one tradition to another or from one fixation to another can really just increase your burnout where instead of putting effort into anything because you've already exhausted yourself you're just going to keep hopping from little bitty thing to little bitty thing. And the minute it gets hard, you're going to stop because you just not because not even because we're going to say, oh, you're undisciplined or you don't have any stick with itness or any of that. Just by virtue of, well, you, it could be that, but just by virtue of you've already mentally and physically exhausted yourself, you just don't have anything to give anymore. So the minute that something becomes challenging, you're done because you can't you're you can't get that crate of oranges up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's my big issue with burnout in general or <laughs> no. I yeah, I think that's my big issue with burnout magically is that a lot of the time it gets really even within a a one particular system or practice, you know, it's like, "Oh, I can I've been doing banishing rituals." a lot and then um i've and i've been doing invocations a lot so now i'm going to try to switch to divination or oh that's not working out so well now i'm going to try to work on astral stuff or oh that's not working out i'm going to try yoga it's really easy to just give up on the thing that you're working on at the time because you've reached kind of a plateau and i think it's a lot better for people to one have some discipline about it and then realize that this is work and it's not always going to be fun obviously have a real honest uh, assessment of 
what your limits are with this sort of thing. If if doing ritual once a week is all that you can muster without it turning into like this huge fucking thing that's like messing up the rest of your life, just do that. Or if um, you're really not getting any results with a particular working and that's causing you to burn out because you're just not getting what you're trying to do, you're not getting the results you're trying to get, it's probably better to take a step back and look at some more elementary sort of elements of what you're doing and where your limits are there. I would say that I think there's definitely a benefit to that notion of trying to work through what the issue is. If you're hitting a wall rather than going, oh, well, I guess I'm done. You start, well, how do I get around the wall? How do I get, you know, up over or under over through the wall? But that's the tricky thing about burnout. And then the other thing it's going to come down to is what is your practice really about? If you have a practice that's more focused on sort of the mysticism end of it, where you are trying to cultivate a particular sensibility of spirituality or something like that, then the burnout, maybe the answer with the burnout is something like, put it down for a minute, go, go do something else. Go, um, as we said in the mad episode, go take a walk. Right. Or maybe there's something, maybe there's something deeper than your surface level consciousness that's causing the problem. You know, there's something in you that you're not confronting that is giving you the hang up. Could be that if you have a more goal oriented, uh, I want to make this happen sort of magical practice then the question might turn into one, is there something you're avoiding in the physical level? Is there something on the physical level that you might be neglecting to do? And then what's your reason for avoiding that? Could also be a source of uh, what's causing that blockage. But this is more of a magician block type thing. If we're talking about strictly burnout, as in you just don't have any enthusiasm or mental energy for it, then there really are times where you're just going to have to stop and go, I'm going to leave all of this alone, you know? Uh, Or that thing of fall again, falling back on your more basic practices of Where's my, you know, I'm going to do my daily banishing. I'm going to do my meditations. I'm going to, if you have particular contracts or covenants or just whatever with particular spooky spirits or something like that, maybe just focus on sort of honoring those. If you have a deity that you particularly resonate with, those sort of things. I I think I want to warn off of the idea of leaving it all, though, because. I do think that there's a benefit to just not doing any sort of major practice at a time, but I found that every time I ever tried to step away from magic entirely, it didn't help the um the enthusiasm or the mental energy part of it. But maybe that was because I was sitting there trying to I don't know, I like I was trying to trick it I'm trying to trick the magic into coming back and working by like, oh, I'm not going to actually do anything because I wanted to do things still in a way. Trying to win by not playing. Yeah. Yeah. If you try to pretend you don't want the thing, then it will come to you. 
But that's the problem is you have to actually not want the thing. You can't pretend to not want the thing. Right, right. The other thing I think that's important, and it sort of relates to the um, thing you were talking about, like falling back on like honoring your packs that you have or any sort of um, devotional aspects of magic. I think a lot of it comes down to what your reasons for practicing magic are more than anything. And that's sort of an interesting thing to deal with from the burnout perspective. Well, that's what I was talking about earlier where I said, if you have a sort of mysticism, spirituality sort of approach to your practice versus a, are you trying to get stuff sort of practice? Almost exactly that in a way. Like, is it, are you doing this because you have some sort of sense of commitment to some sort of metaphysical ideal? Are you doing this just because you want to, you know, get a Bugatti? Do you, are you doing it because you want to throw a fireball? And burnout can really be something that directs you towards what your actual reasons are. And if you're getting burnt out and you look the reasons why you do this sort of thing in the first place, you can actually see what you're about. Because you can convince yourself that you're, you're a great devotee to Kali, but if after doing tons of yogic rituals and all these sorts of things, you find out that you're like, why am I really doing this? Because I want a Bugatti and Kali's going to give me a Bugatti. Then you might want to recenter and rework out what kind of practice you even have. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do magic just to get a Bugatti, but you know, if you want a Bugatti, it's probably better to go about it in a different way. If you're doing heavy Christian magic to make a shit ton of money, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And there are people like yeah. that. There are people that, you yeah, know, like that's their paradigm. They have paradigms that are doing these sorts of, you know, very mysticism-influenced type of ideas. Like I said, even people that have, like, Nordic backgrounds or something like that, you know, like they worship the old gods, you know, Wotan and all that kind of shtick. I've seen people like that who, you know, they believe in all these sorts of things, but what they're really trying to do magically is get, you know, a nice comfy little nest egg so they can buy their first house. And it's, if that's what you believe, quote unquote, fine. But from a chaos magic perspective, it might be better to step away from that. It's just not getting you the wrong people to ask. Right. Yeah. I mean, right, right. Well, you know what it makes me think of actually is, have you ever heard of these sort of new agey people? And I know it's it's very easy to knock these people, but this is a I think this is a good example. It's these very love and light, high vibration type folks. But what they talk about at the same time is like the universe brings bounty and plenty and blessings upon me. And it's like you're you're just doing like hyper positivity about how the universe is going to give you money which just to an extent it feels prosperity gospel and then to another <laughs> token it feels it feels very materialistic for such high-minded idealist people you know right and maybe that's, that's more of I an would, issue with the like what I'm they're trying doing. to make that from just a pure like utility kind of perspective i guess right it's like there's got to be a better way than just being a hyper positive new age person to get a bunch of fucking money <laughs> Well, if that's what you want to do, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like there's there's definitely 
and I don't know if honesty really factors into any of this because much of magic is lying to yourself. And others. Yeah, and other people. I suppose if you were to invoke some kind of demon who is all about getting you money and then say, like, I really need some money, fam, at least it's more honest about what you're after. You know? Yeah. I, I think, uh, do you remember the conversation we had about Solomon where it's, you know, the only thing Solomon asked God was give me the wisdom to carry out your will or something to that effect? Yeah, he, he wanted the wisdom to be able to build the temple like he was supposed to. Like, well, shit. Yeah, I, well, and, and that's the, I think, I feel like there's a lot of people who will say that sort of thing. Not, not so much like, oh, God, give me the wisdom to carry out your will. But I, I think there are people that will, they'll try to say that they want like the wisdom and enlightenment to do what needs to be done. Or in another, like a Thelemic sense, it's like, I want the knowledge of my true will. But they don't really. What they want is stuff. <laughs> they want their. They want the things that they want. They just don't want to come across as an asshole for asking for the things that they want. <laughs> yeah, and that when they don't get it, they end up getting burnout, and then they. Yeah, I mean, go that, into the magic group and tell everyone that this shit isn't real because I didn't get a Bugatti. Maybe that is a source of burnout. Comes from you're putting a lot of effort into working around what you want rather than what you actually want. Well, a I misunderstood motivation. Well, yeah. And actually that goes back to a conversation I was having with someone else a while back. There's a lot of people that, you know, like you said, they have these very high minded spiritual ideals and they have all these things that they like, you know, they want, they're, they want to, they want the knowledge and conversation of the Holy guardian angel. They want their true will. They want to cross the abyss. They want to receive enlightenment. They want to find Satori. Where is she? And <laughs> well, I mean, ex but almost exactly like, well, yeah, but like, what does that mean? You know, if you ask someone like what their true will is like, and they can't give you a solid answer about like what they're doing in the world about it, then they, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And the problem with that sort of thing is, is that what, when you really, dig into these people and ask what they want. They want like a comfortable lifestyle. They just want And what's more... wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like I said, you know, you're going to go pray to Kali for a Bugatti. Right, right. And, and maybe, that, maybe that's another thing to talk about is that if you do have the notion that you're a bad person for asking for things or for wanting things, that's something you really need to examine. I feel like we're getting really far from the notion of burnout, though. Well, I mean, I was trying to tie it back into burnout just from the praying to Kali for a Bugatti. It's mm. people putting a lot of effort into these very intense spiritual practices when maybe at the end of the day, it'd be better if you just like lit a fucking candle. Actually, that's yeah, what you want. I was trying to. That's what you I was want. sitting here thinking. I was sitting here trying to think of like. What could most like what would actually cause somebody to overwork themselves in magic? And I think most people probably have the opposite problem where they're not putting in nearly enough effort. But I think that also goes back to a lack of enthusiasm and motivation. Well, and if you misunderstand your motivation, then you're not going to have the enthusiasm. Right. Do you have any tips on how to work through burnout, I guess, other than the things we said already? A 
Sorry, I just kicked my mic stand again. (laughs) To me, the issue is that there is no one-size-fits-all solution to burnout. It really comes down to understanding what caused the burnout in the first place. I think very often we have notions of self-care or perhaps ideas of indulgence where I worked really hard, so now I'm going to treat myself to eight hours of day drinking or something like that. Oh, right. Or sometimes it's the idea of I'll just curl up and binge watch Netflix all weekend instead of doing stuff because I just don't, you know, I've, I've had way too much on my plate. And I'm not saying that those are wrong, but sometimes the solution is the exact opposite. Sometimes it's knuckling down and finishing something, getting something off. If you have too many things on your plate, you knuckle down and say, I am going to get these things off of my plate so I no longer have to worry about them. And how do you apply that magically? Would be, I suppose, to examine your examine what you're actually trying to make happen. And I think maybe right there is the other key, is that one of the things that can keep you or pull you out from or pull you away from burnout is to actually stop and examine what you're trying to do with your practice. If you've just got a vaguely and poorly defined sense of not doing something right, it's probably because you haven't vague, you've, you've done that same sort of vague definition for what your success is. So yeah, yeah, I agree with that entirely. Yeah. If you can't think of, it doesn't even have to be a lot. If you can't think of two things, two concrete, tangible win condition that you're trying to get into with your magic practice right now, it's probably because you don't have any defined goals at all. And that's fine, but that could very well be why you feel like your magic practice isn't going anywhere. It it, it can't go anywhere because you haven't defined any, you haven't set any destination. Right. And a lot of the times just developing skills and having a regimented sort of practice in itself can be a goal. But a lot of the times, if you're one of these people, especially people that are like starting out and you just find a bunch of rituals and just you're kind of doing them. It's all right when you're testing the waters, but once you've decided that like, this is something you're taking seriously and doing, you have to have some sort of idea about what you're trying to really accomplish here. Cause if you're just doing magic because you found magic and you've decided you believe in it now, then what are you actually doing anyway? On, on another level too, right? That, If your magic practice is so detached from the rest of your world that you can't look at any of the problems in your day-to-day life and go, oh, I should do magic for that, then what are you doing? Right. It doesn't have to be an important problem, but at the very least, you should be able to like, yeah, I should do something for that. (laughs) And then again, if you're, if, yeah, if you're, and then even like you said, your goal can really just, your goal could really be. I want to have a dedicated practice that I do something with every single day or every week I do this or something like that. You know, it's, it's, yeah, like it's a no different than routine, going to, I suppose. Yeah, exactly what I was about to say. It's like, it's like going to the gym and there's nothing wrong with that. It can be useful. In fact, it, more people need it than don't. 
but that should also mean that you have a you have a pretty concrete idea of what a dedicated practice looks like too right and you have an idea of what your what your goal with having some sort of dedicated practice might be you don't need a reason to go to the gym and get in shape because it's you know taking care of yourself it's the same thing magically but in order to have that you'd have to have some sort of idea of what being well magically spiritually whatever word you want to use for it would mean and it's okay you don't have right. a super defined idea but you have you have to have some sort of idea that it maybe maybe even just the idea that it's a possibility right right i mean you'll you'll very often see people who have been doing magic for years and years and years and they're just as miserable as they were when they started and a lot of it is because magic has just become something they do without really clearly defined purposes so they're just they're they're the equivalent of like a magic bum <laughs> they're they're the magic vagabond that's just sort of strolling around i will not take this sort of slander of the bum community <laughs> hallelujah i'm a bum hallelujah bum, bum again, again. Hallelujah, give us a hand, hand out. out. Revive, Revive us again. again. Uh, yep. All right. I think that's enough on burnout. We tried hard on that one to make that work. And we, 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 we corrected ourselves every time we went completely off topic. And we tried to tie it back best we could. Yeah. Yeah, that one was uh, kind of meandering. But it's, you know, it's fine. I'm sure somebody might have gotten something out of it, maybe, possibly. If we're lucky. First one of the year, starting off rough. Starting off real rough. <laughs> All right. I guess it's time to do the news then. What's in the news? What's what in the is news? in the news? Oh, God. Nothing but stuff about McCarthy and the goddamn house and shit. I just don't care. Can we look, look, look. The last time anyone named McCarthy got <laughs> political prominence, it, it was really bad for a lot of people. So maybe we should be, maybe we should be aware of the forces we're playing with. <laughs> History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. <laughs> History, historical figures appear twice. First is uh, tragedy, then is farce. (laughs) Senator Farce, you have (laughs) the floor. California is getting drenched, so why can't it save water for the drought? That sounds like a question that, like, your, your fucking crazy uncle asks you. It's like, man, California is so fucked up. They got all them... Like they're getting all that rain in the world. They're going to talk to me about droughts. Mm, mm, yeah, good point. I'm not sure what the answer there would be. Maybe somebody just needs to leave out more buckets or. <laughs> it's a whole I article I... just talking about how like hard it is to collect rainwater. Yeah, because you're not putting out enough buckets. America, go outside, <laughs> leave out, Put a, out bucket. a bucket. It's for your Put country. Put out a bucket. It's for your country. Oh, well, it's the new year. Do you want five low-key ways to get your new year off to a healthy start? Sure. Set healthy boundaries to protect your energy. Hey, that's my bucket. 
<laughs> you need to get your own bucket. No, I, I love this. You know, it's like woo-woo talk List. has totally permeated the culture in a way because they literally said protect your energy. And I, I'm not reading all of this shit because I'm sure it's garbage. But unless they're talking about like keeping your electric bill low, they're talking about like fucking energy and shit. They're like, protect they're your aura. About Set a boundary so that your neighbor doesn't steal your cable. <laughs> and that boundary should be like a fence. Preferably, maybe with a dog of some kind. Skip the fad diet and forge your own path. Forage for berries. You'll get in shape super quick. Oh, boy. Um, oh, this is garbage. I was talking about the love and light, higher vibration people, but those are really the people that are bringing the spooky woo-woo talk into the, the common tongue of the people. Yeah. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, it's definitely a bad thing. What's the third one? Go ahead. Have a little fun. You see, this is what we're talking about, too, about poorly defined or, <laughs> or intentionally vague goals. Like, listen to all of these. Set boundaries. Boundaries about what? Your cable, With obviously. where? For who? Yeah, your cable, obviously. Um, forge your own path. I mean, that is probably the, the most concrete one in the idea of, like, don't follow fad diets. Figure out what works for you. But then this last one is go ahead, have a little fun. What the a little fun for some people is treating yourself to coffee with a friend. For some people, a little fun is a bump before they go into work. You know, <laughs> just a little fun. <laughs> oh, wow. OK, you want to know what the fourth one is? Get off your butt with a friend. This is fucked up because it's like. It's implying that getting off your butt isn't having a little fun. And it's also telling you you got to have a friend. <laughs> no, what it's saying is get off your butt with your also out of shape friend. <laughs> oh, my God. The last one. We're going to have to actually read this shit. You want to know what number five is? It's the worst thing ever. No. Start a podcast habit. <laughs> <laughs> we've got one of those already and it's not working <laughs> it's out it's not so making well. our lifestyle very healthy i have to drink a lot more mm. tuning into a podcast that makes you happy can be a great oh, way to oh, practice oh, oh, some mellow to me a, time even if you're a loyal a public podcast. radio listener this is npr but if you couldn't tell from these awful fucking suggestions even if you're a loyal public radio listener it feels good to take breaks from the news and tune into something a little more personal Oh, man, that's what our problem is. Our podcast, we have a news podcast. Oh, yeah, we fucked up. Yeah, we're not being healthy maybe, at all. Uh, maybe NPR will pick us up. I mean, they had Radio Lab, which is basically a podcast. We're, we're at least as good as Radio Lab. <laughs> man, we are, we are not. You know, we're, we're the occult equivalent of car talk. <laughs> <laughs> we're crack and smack the crack it brothers. <laughs> Chaos, 
<laughs> we should do that. We should have like the because it was a call-in show, so we could just have people call us in, oh, and then we just man. tell them how to fix it with if chaos got, magic. That'd be great. Oh, uh, uh, well, I'm still saying that we need the chaos magic call-in show. That'll be a great one. Oh God, maybe we can set up like a like a like a message box or something, like an answering machine for people to call in on, and we'll just answer them after they leave their questions. I don't know if I want to get them in a recording because it'll just be fuck, 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 fuck. But now that I've said that, bop, everyone's just going to call booey, the answering machine. Bop-a-booey, bop-a-booey, <laughs> Howard Stern's penis, bop-a-booey, bop-a-booey. Now they're just going to call the answering machine and say bop-a-booey, Howard Stern's penis. Um, the, uh, that's a dated reference for us, and you got to think that, like, hell, what, what, is the, what do you think the average age for chaos magic people is? I'm 45. thinking I'm, th- I'm thinking mid I'm thinking mid 30s to early 40s is the is probably the median. So probably like 40. Yeah, so they'll get it at least. And all the young <sighs> kids listening. Um mm. we did the TikTok episode already. <laughs> all right. Oh boy. AOC's mocking of MTG on new house rules backfires. Why is why is AOC mocking Magic the Gathering? Oh, oh, I misheard that. I thought we were talking about Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> the dyslexia strikes again. <laughs> this is from those bastions of great news, fucking Newsmax. So I immediately don't believe that any of this happened. Oh, God. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did, which means our viewers probably also did. Fucking Thanks. Newsmax. That's why we're you don't go to news. To a great, we're <laughs> off to a great start this year, listeners. <laughs> well, what did she what did she say? Oh, I don't fucking I, I closed it because it started yelling at me, so I don't even know. <laughs> but it's from Newsmax, so it probably isn't even true. Oh, uh, well. If it's like Okay, here's here's something we can talk about as far as news. You notice that what happened is that we became really, really hard up on catching politicians with like a flub saying something silly because they screwed up or they just weren't thinking when they said it or because when you talk for so long by law of average, eventually you're going to say something stupid that you didn't actually mean. Like George Bush was a prime example. Now, granted, George Bush be saying some stupid shit. Yeah. But he was like, I, I feel like he was a really good one because like they, they, they hammered on that guy. Like, but it, it spread everywhere where it's like, if you can catch a politician saying something kind of silly or flubbing a word or misunpronunciating something incorrectly, you know, that would, that was like news. But then that evolved into like Twitter smackdowns where it's like what a politician is saying on social media warrants a news, uh, an article in the news. Yeah. And it's it's just part of the slow disintegration of the political sphere. Slow. I feel like we're fucking speed running this shit. No, but absolutely. That's just like because that's I guarantee you. Well, I, I could be wrong, but that that headline sounds like. Some Twitter's some Twitter beef smackdown stuff. Speaking of, uh, do we want to talk about the when Twitter when Twitter beefs get real? When Twitter beefs get real. When keeping it real goes wrong. Go I'm just gonna put the clip in right there. 
Yeah. Let's just be completely honest here. This was our fault. I take full yeah. credit for it. All of the yucks that you guys have had over the last week or two, that is that is property of Chaos Magic News. Please return them when you are finished. <laughs> we talk about Greta Thunberg yeah. for like five minutes and just yeah, say, how just dare a- you a couple times? And then yeah, suddenly two minutes. She's, she's on Twitter fucking beefing with people and people are paying attention this time. Yeah, she's just back at it and it ends with a man getting put in the back of a Polish squad car. Romanian. Polish. Shit, Romanian, I'm sorry. All of our Eastern as soon European as I, listeners are so mad at you. As soon as I said it, I realized I was wrong. Okay, forgive me. Some sins can't be forgiven. Something about that is really hilarious and it's one of those that I can't, I just don't know what to say about it other than it's just hilarious when you get into a petty squabble and then somehow that blows up or at the very least the timing was terrible like i don't know how much of the oh there was a pizza box in the video so (laughs) they knew he was in the country like how much of that actually happened it sounds a little suspect it's just so incredibly funny it's very much the j edgar hoover and address thing who cares it's too funny to not say oh yeah it's it's absolutely fucking hilarious like, just yeah, gotta love it. Everyone on Twitter just showing their location. And it's it. But I will say it. it's very funny because I hadn't thought of Gre- Greta Thunberg in ages. And then we talk about her on the show and then the episode goes live and then that happens on a personal level. It feels very funny. <laughs> it's a weird little coinky dink. Yeah, because I had I barely knew who Andrew Tate was right before this happened as well where he had oh, said yeah. i remember seeing i remember seeing some tweet from him that was just very inflammatory and angry and i was like man this guy needs to chill and then so it was like once that happened all the pieces in my consciousness had to were 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 going together where it's like all right you you rem- you're aware of of greta again you now know who andrew tate is so the stage is set for one of the funniest <laughs> twitter exchanges on the planet Oh, the universe is a show and you're the only person in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You ready for it? Because this is a gold one. This ain't no parrot headline. All right. Well, I've got a parrot headline if you want after this. Six journalists arrested over footage of South Sudan president wedding himself. No. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Poor Saul Kier. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wedding himself? Like, don't they wear, don't, don't they wear, like, robes and stuff? Shouldn't oh, my been, like, God. This, <laughs> this, oh, boy. That never, that, that's ooh. a fucked up one. That's really what I said. <laughs> He's wearing a fucking cowboy hat and shit, too. It's great. He was wearing the cow, how do you, how do you pee into a cowboy hat? <laughs> Oh, God. I got to hang on. I got to look through this to see what the hell's actually talking about. Wow. We're talking about flubs and shit. Six journalists. Like, uh, miss- to- Go ahead. I'm just thinking like, you know, George Bush was like, don't misunderestimate me. And everybody was like, ha ha. Ain't that funny. He was like, this guy's pissing himself. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. 
Six journalists have been detained by South Sudan security forces over viral footage of the country's president apparently urinating on himself. A press freedom watchdog has reported. Dude, could you imagine being the guy having to report to like the watchdog group that like, hey, um, so <laughs> uh, he this guy pissed himself and now he's arresting people. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, what a... It just goes to show that sometimes the most disempowering thing you can do to somebody is just laugh about them. I mean, that has got to be a heavy, heavy burden for you're the leader of a country and everybody's watching you piss yourself. Now, at the same time, if he had just got out in front of it and owned it where it's like, shit, man, yeah, I pissed myself. It was terrible. He he literally should have just got on Twitter and sent out a tweet that was Billy fucking, uh, was that Billy Madison? Yeah, you yeah. Cool you're not you cool your unless pants. you pee, you pee your pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He should have introduced. He should have been like, "I'm introducing legislation <laughs> <laughs> to Everyone keep me from." <laughs> yeah, then he'd have been great. Now I'm sure this guy's. Uh, this guy's probably got a lot of. He's probably got issues. Now here, here's my question: You you saw what he looked like, right? Is he like a is he like a really old guy or was he doesn't he, look that old, but. Was I don't he know. like really drunk? You think, or is this a medical condition? He if this is a medical of- condition. Oh, God. I don't know. Like, that's the question. Like, you would think if it was something like that, he would have precautions. Because, you know, if you're the president of a country and, like, you took over. The catheter didn't. The catheter doesn't fit down in the cowboy boots. (laughs) There haven't been any elections in the country since he took power. How long ago was that? 2011. Well, uh, I... I think that they need a referendum now. Uh, are you are you happy with a, a leader who uh, has a little uh oh every now and then? <laughs> There's a Joe Biden joke in here somewhere, and I'm really not sure where it's at. Well, I mean, I remember when when Trump was elected, there was oh the yeah, whole wasn't thing there about, like didn't yeah. he like, <laughs> didn't he was wearing a diaper or something? Yeah, and then, like, somebody came forward saying, like, oh, yeah, that's 100% true. I had to change him or something like that. <laughs> and, and then, oh, like, God. Biden is the same. And Biden's the same thing because it's just like, a, oh, he's an incredibly old man joke. So it's like, yeah, that, you know, he wearing Depends or he got, like, a catheter in or something like that. Like, these are not, they're not incredibly hard jokes. I do, like, again, I do think that this is, a, no, oh, I just thought maybe this is a kink. <laughs> He, he was like i, I don't get you. it i don't, he's, I don't just i need, he's just messaging his mistress and she's like i want you to piss yourself in front of six journalists <laughs> you gotta arrest oh him though God. i want it to look like you didn't want this oh jesus christ um the freedom of the press is very important because you gotta know who's mostly messing. because of, of stuff like this you gotta know you know the the world has a right to know who's pissing themselves. I guess the only other thing too, is that this is like Streisand effect where if, if he had, <laughs> if he had let this go <laughs> now, the now the whole world, now there's going to be a, now there's going to be a UN <laughs> civil rights or, or human rights council <laughs> convening to talk about, uh, yeah, he pissing. <laughs> All right. We got a few more, oh, I think. Boy. Hold on, I got one. Georgia roadway fissure opens up, swallows entire car. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. 
Just the um, great old ones rising up. You know, there for for the longest, people always joked about like, man, I can't wait for California to break off into the ocean. Like, imagine, <laughs> imagine how you'd feel. You just woke up and it's like Georgia, just just a <laughs> right. sinkhole in the middle of the country. Shit's now. underwater. Whole, <laughs> whole shit, everything's underwater. If it's if it's south of Athens, it's done. Uh, but like Florida, but like Florida is exactly the fine. <laughs> What's the magical explanation for giant fissures? Oh, I mean, what's the magical explanation? You already said it, man. The old ones, they're coming up. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll find a way to take credit for that, too. Oh, yeah? Um, holy sh- God damn. I would be... How mad would you <sighs> oh, be man. if you were the unlucky son of a bitch who just had their car fucking eaten by the earth? Yeah, I hope whoever it was managed to get out all right. I mean, God, that blows. Oh man, your, insur- you your in insurance it? is gonna your insurance is gonna do every. Oh no, I'm looking at the photo. It's in the middle of a goddamn road. Oh fuck! Your insurance is gonna do everything they can to not pay for that shit. I swear. <laughs> Sorry, we don't, don't cover, cover acts, acts from of the old gods. <laughs> yeah, we don't cover. We don't cover acts of eldritchian horror <laughs> you know they're making a big deal about the fissure they're not talking about all the voices that were talking inside of it <laughs> or the <sighs> eyes staring out from it <laughs> uh, that's demand my for japanese manga bucks australia's downward piracy trend wait 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 so their piracy is Piracy is going up or down? Piracy is going down in Australia, except for manga. <laughs> because weebs have no money. Yeah, they're all neat. They don't have jobs. They don't know what they're yep, doing. Yep, yep. How are they going to afford it? They can't pay they, for that they, streaming fucking manga's nonsense. They can't pay for Crunchyroll. The only Crunchy they care about is the tendies that their mom makes them. And the only roll that they care about is when they roll out of bed to get the tendies. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. I All mean, it's, it's very, is, I mean, it's, it is, it is like the exact thing you would expect though. Right. You know that like these, Weebs are not fucking paying for manga. They're just not. If they're paying for well, it, they're buying a physical copy of it so they can put it on their shelf with all the other fucking issues of Naruto. That, volumes, issues. I don't know. I'm not a weeb. Bro, I mean, again, I don't really, I don't watch a lot of anime. I don't read a lot of manga. But, like, I know from cultural osmosis, like, One Piece would cost one one piece would cost you like eight hundred dollars to get everything that's out right now, probably more than that, I think, but it's like absurd and it's not even done yet, <laughs> so like I'm sure that piracy is a is gotta be a huge problem, especially for like a lot of these things that like what they do they come out like monthly weekly I, something I, like that I think so I it's think- gotta be so, it's gotta be something similar to American comics which I have a little bit more experience with. And I know American comics have a huge piracy problem because nobody wants to pay 30. No one wants to pay three fifty for 30 pages and 15 pages. 10 of them are 10 of them are advertisements. Yep. Just so we can see Spider-Man save Mary Jane for the 85th time this week. 
Yeah, for real. I mean, most, and, and that's the other thing is that most comics aren't very good. Hey, we'll, 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 I'll leave that <laughs> we'll, alone. Yeah, we'll stop. We, we're, we're talking all this shit about weebs, and now we're talking about comic books. Yeah, showing how, yeah, we're just as bad. But no, I mean, I used to be very into American comics. Uh, hello, Grant Morrison fan. There's honestly, I don't read nearly as much now. I know they have a huge piracy problem, and I'd imagine manga is no different. Yeah, especially with um, something that like has to come from another country and be like, mm-hmm. you know, get the licensed and published and shit. And you know that there there are probably translators that are like, all right, if I can if I can translate this myself and just throw it up there quicker, I'm sure that somebody has a financial incentive for this. Oh yeah, like yeah. if I can, you know. But anyway, um, that doesn't surprise me. I I just want to make a joke about like, yeah, manga and occult text. <laughs> Those are the two things unaffected by this piracy downturn because you fuckers are, I feel like uh, occultism probably are the, they're definitely the people that have the most opinions on media piracy, specifically about occult texts. And I also think that they're probably the most guilty of pirating everything. Oh yeah. I'm sure nobody, I'm sure most people would not argue that, you should be paying money to get your hand on anything Aleister Crowley did or a uh, levy Hermeticum. or yeah, the Corpus Hermeticum. It's like, you know, arguably no one should be making a buck off of those because they're outrageously old at this point. And anybody who would have had claim to like Crowley, for example, anyone who would have claimed Crowley's bloodline and therefore a right to his works is probably already dead unless. Well, the you know, OTO has them. So, well, yeah, steal but all your Crowley books because you don't want to give the OTO money. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Um, but then, on the other hand, like uh, Robert Anton Wilson, I've I've heard a lot of arguments about making sure that his family gets that and stuff like that. And I'm I'm not going to tell anyone what they should and shouldn't do. I've I'm definitely guilty of pirating stuff from people who are still fucking alive. It's definitely that thing of like, there are a lot of people that will make very sound, very strong arguments that it is always, always, always okay to pirate an occult text. And then there will people that will also do the exact same and say it is always, 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 always wrong to pirate an occult text, even if the author has been dead for a hundred years. Um, it's really just where you fall in. What if I do it, but I'm wearing an eye patch? Mm, mm. That just makes it more piratey, doesn't it? Ah, damn. Oh, well. All right. At the same time, I would say that like occult, I was going to say just, sorry, just as the, the, the end note of that is that I definitely know for a fact that I, that most occultists are pirating their text, whether or not they think that it's right. I, at one point in your life, you were pirating most of your occult text because ain't nobody got that much money. All right. One last dumb headline. Ain't no rest for the wicked. Cage the elephant singer Matt Schultz arrested on weapons charges. That's not what I thought, like, the cage the elephant guy would get arrested for. You'd think it'd be drugs or something, right? But, I mean... Mm, mm. He got arrested. When did he get arrested? Damn. Uh, I thought I would have. I really thought I would have heard of this. Today. Today. Oh. There you go. All the what people. Kind- you, can go, uh, you can go time date this episode now with that. 
That's a <laughs> shit. I'm just thinking about the fact that that song played in Borderlands. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking that shit too seriously, man. He's going to go catch a job. Catch a ride. Catch a ride. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God, I love, I love, love, love those games. Yeah, that's um, one of the few games that like I will still play if someone's like, hey, do you want to play Borderlands? <laughs> they just got great couch co-op and that's just so rare yeah anyway uh so, so he got arrested what kind of weapons charge was he got was he caught with rifles or was it just like he's not supposed to have any gun at all i don't know or was he caught or was he caught somewhere where he wasn't supposed to have guns like he was he was over in the uk and it was like oi governor what's with the blunder bust <laughs> Um, I don't know. He was in New York and he had, uh, he, it just says he faces two charges of criminal possession of a loaded firearm and two charges of criminal possession of a weapon. He was in New York. So maybe he just doesn't have a license or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. They've kind of got New York city itself has pretty tight gun laws, right? From what I remember. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a rough one, but you know, uh, I don't have anything magical to say about that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't have anything occult to even say about that. Now I'm just thinking about Borderlands. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have anything occult to say about people. The only thing I can say is that I guess it's an act of magic that, you know, in, in a magical sense. Don't show people all the stuff you have and the things you're doing. Because apparently what happened is someone was like, hey, he's got guns in his hotel room. And then they went into his hotel room and did it. So the only way anyone knew is if he was showing his guns off to somebody or something. Yeah, keep silent. To keep silent. Also, uh, is it an act of magical fulfillment because Cage is in the middle of his band's name? (laughs) It's at the beginning of the name. (sighs) All right. Oh, boy. Well, time to move on to the... This is going swimmingly, isn't it? <laughs> this this year is going to be so good for this podcast. If this, if they, I remembered reading something that I think it came from Gordon White too, which is great, you know. Uh, but it was like the the idea of the first day of the new year being a fractal for your year. So now I'm thinking like the first episode of this year is going to be a fractal for the rest of it. So it's like, wow, not going well. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Uh, and by fine, mm-hmm. I mean we're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Gonna go for it. Yep, we're doing it. All right. Well, I, I guess time for the culture piece, as we call it. We're gonna put the cult in culture this week. We've got something very special for you. And by very special, I mean a two-week-old video <laughs> that I wanted <laughs> to talk about before this. But, you know, it just didn't pan out. <laughs> It is talking about the cult of Saturn and the voices of X. The notable thing about this is that it largely takes place in the 4chan forums and in other little deep holes of the internet. And we, you know, at CMN, we get deep in those holes for you, for your pleasure. Well, so (laughs) with no lube, (laughs) 
I'm I'm not gonna lie <laughs> well, to you, bud. You you sent me the video. I didn't watch. You the haven't video. watched it. You haven't watched it yet. I yeah, have yeah. Not watched well, the video. And I'll here. Let me let me give a little more window treatment for these folks. I became aware of this maybe a year ago when I was just trolling for weird stuff on the internet and some ordinary gamer Mudahar, I believe is his actual name, did a video called did a cult infiltrate 4chan. And I watched it and it was less than convincing, but it did get me thinking about some stuff. It seemed like it had enough meat to it that there was something interesting about it. It got me thinking about how spooky occult people operate on on the internet and what happens when you get spooky occult people in groups together, like in real life. Not like we're going to go meet at the, the pagan revival festival. I mean, like what happens when you have spooky woo-woo people living in close proximity to each other for long periods of time? And it's usually nothing good. <laughs> but um, to, to go further into this, there was another YouTuber named Exodia Mysteries who during one of his videos briefly touched on the same cult of Saturn stuff. And he said he was going to do a video that delved deeper into it to try to get at the heart of what was actually going on. And that's what this video is. So. I was honestly waiting for this video for a hot minute. So when it came out, I was like, oh man, he's finally talking about it. But also by then I had kind of done a good bit of my own research and came to my own conclusions. So it'll be interesting to see where I disagree with on this video, where I don't. If you haven't heard of it, you, you, you're, just, you're just in for a treat. It's very interesting, especially if you are a, if you are a occult spooky woo-woo person looking at this, not so much where it's like, oh, I have the privileged information to make sense of this, but it's just, it's going to be just so much more familiar to you where you're going to be looking at the people talking about these and being like, oh, I get this. And this where, where some, where one person would be like, oh man, this is just really weird. And definitely like occult stuff. You're going to be like, oh, I, I actually, I specifically know what this is. So with that said, you haven't actually watched it yet. Do we want to like do a watch it together and do a, a play by play or? Um. All right. So this is going to be the supplemental recording for the previous segment about the cult of Saturn in case this whole thing goes tits up and it just doesn't translate very well. <laughs> we recorded our responses as we were watching the video and granted, I already knew a good bit about it. My, my illustrious co-host was not very familiar with this at all. And I figured that supposing that perhaps we've made a mistake and that the the res the recording our responses to the video as we watched it doesn't go over well. We're gonna give you the well, you know what? We'll we'll give you the cliff notes for the whole cult of Saturn, four chan thing, which we'll try to go not exactly chronological order, but sort of like the relevant parts, and we'll just sort of 
comment on it as we go. And it might even be a mixture of the two segments. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to have this supplemental bit going and then we'll edit in our responses when they're funny. Okay. The first bit of the cult of Saturn that we get really comes from a person whose name is Terran or Terra, something like that. I, I just forget right off the rip what their name was, but it comes from a, a supposed firsthand account of the cult. And the cult begins as a anarcho party scene where it is a series of warehouses that are being occupied as residential areas and also being the backdrop for these rave type scenes where there's a lot of drinking and drug use, particularly psychedelics and stuff like ketamine and things like that. Where Taryn describes their background of like the London, the London underground. Yeah. Taryn describes their, their background of going into the sort of underground punk London scene, meeting someone named Christian who brings them into this sort of community of essentially spooky woo woo drug using esotericists, which is fine. We've all been there. <laughs> so we're given the introduction to all of this. Yeah. From the perspective of someone who is supposedly in this thing called the cult of Saturn. And it's your typical like introduction to an occult kind of thing. They met someone that seemed like a cool person. And then they told them about spooky woo woo stuff. The thing that sticks out to me is that the person that gets her into this world is named Christian. And then another person in the group is named Lucy. And it doesn't go into it yet, but a lot of it is very, very Satanist sort of stuff. So it's like you have Christian and Lucy and it just, it, my brain, my bullshit meter starts going off. Like this is bad <laughs> writing, isn't it? The, the important players in this are, a a sort of spiritual center of a man named Frank Webster who exists as kind of this bizarre charismatic character who is very big on the ideas of Saturn worship, drug use as a means to higher understanding of the universe and also runs a website called The Lost Prophet, which is sort of like an online zine thing. And remember those details because that is really going to be the important factors for everything that happens. Frank, Saturn worship, The Lost Prophet. Well, Frank is the one I want to talk about because supposedly... The other origin point for this is an urban legend of being able to contact an Illuminati agent slash antichrist figure, which that's the sort of like, I don't know what the word I, I the, the schizo posting end of occultism, right? Where they, Absolutely. you know, they're talking about Illuminati antichrist type stuff. Yeah, you can get, you, you can, <laughs> or, you know, in another sense, it's very like creepypasta ritual where it's, oh, if you go to a church and, desecrated on the middle of the night and you bring a mirror and a, and a cocktail shaker with you, you can talk to the devil. Oh yeah. 
If you, you put a mirror in a room and you put salt around yourself and you sit in a chair and you wait till 3.33 a.m. And then you, you open the mirror and there's um, a, a headless guy that'll answer your math test. <laughs> but if you yeah. look away from it, him for one second, you go to hell forever. You go to hell before you die. Yeah, where, where the, the urban legend is that if you were to contact falseprofit.com.au, you could talk to this Illuminati antichrist person named Frank. What we'll see is that there was at least somebody claiming to actually be this person. And the false prophet website existed at some point in some shape or fashion. So we get more stuff about like instructions people are given. Mostly it seems to be about like painting symbols on the sides of buildings and shit like that. It's, it's like textbook trying like guerrilla marketing type stuff. It's really not that crazy, but we get another little bit of a testimony from some other person who was brought in on this. And, um, you know, like they, they talk about meeting another person and we get to see screenshots and websites and, you know, none of that stuff's important because, you know, we're not taking this super seriously, but you saw something that you wanted to point out, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like what, what piqued my attention when a, a, a certain screen grab came on was like the website was temple-illuminatus.com, which is just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Illuminati. Yeah. Illuminatus specifically of, you know, Robert Anton Wilson. These are, these are Discordian type people. And considering that this is happening from 2009 to 2014, I wouldn't be surprised if this was like, these were this probably the same type of people that were doing the DKMU stuff, you know, five years beforehand, or maybe people that were inspired by the DKMU and trying to do the same thing and a different, in a different fringe. Overall, this there's there's no secret handshake club is the problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, yeah, no, there's no secret super, there, There's no super secret occult knowledge that any group actually has that they're that they're safekeeping for themselves. There's and this might sound Jungian, but there's nothing out there in the world that isn't obvious to the rest of us. <laughs> We, we, we're all kind of getting what's going on and it's very rare that you have some secret pill or secret magic word that is really going to wake anybody up to something that they weren't aware of. Um, well, I mean, so I think the- doing occultism is about getting that sort of thing, but it's a lot more of um, doing that sort of thing than having someone give you the, the head pat and the, the slap on the ass to initiation. My answer would go to the sort of Buddhist bent, particularly Vajrayana, where it's like, yes, you are getting the empowerment and you are getting the initiation from the root guru sort of thing, right? You're get, somebody is giving you this thing, but the real, but the, it's a, it's a game. It's a secret. The Lama has, the Lama does not have an initiation to give you, you know? And they'll be, and if you can listen, this isn't like, you know, this, this isn't deep truths. These are just things that you can listen to these gurus actually talk about. And they'll tell you, I don't have an initiation to give you. I have no empowerment to give you. These rituals are just an excuse 
so that you can get to the point where you can do these practices. You can listen to your Rinpoche tell you that stuff. (laughs) And I think that the Western tradition really isn't any different. This is a game we're playing where I don't think that I'm worthy or something in, in me doesn't think I'm worthy. So I'm going to the guy who has the robe and the fancy seal and the, the, the special degree who is going to wave a magic wand that gives me permission to do the thing. That's all this. That's what, that's what an initiation is, right? It's somebody helping you get out of your own way so that you can realize something that you should have already realized. Right. But to take it back to this stuff, the point is, is that there's nothing that this weird cult has that is particularly groundbreaking or super secret. So they have to obfuscate and make things seem more mysterious and weirder than they actually are to get people to to get people to care. No, that's that's way nicer. I think this is all bullshit. Like if we're just getting into oh. personal opinion already, I think it was mm. a bunch of people that had like pseudo cult ideas, but I don't think anything occult is going on here as far as what they're actually trying to do. It sounds like this person, because I mean, I, the, the little clip that I saw and he didn't say it, which is shocking in my mind because you're totally burying the lead. But there's a there's a block where they, they talk about getting a warehouse. Frank, the leader guy, thinks that a rival cult or a cult from the future or something is like infiltrating them. <laughs> I think I missed that part. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like There's this another. Dude, this dude's a nutter butter. If he's oh, not a nutter he's butter, a... he's lying. And either way. Okay. So here's the other thing, too, that like this video doesn't do a very good job. But the other videos that I looked at and the other stuff that I looked into. The other thing to remember is like when I'm saying party down, I don't mean like these guys were getting drunk. I mean, like these guys were using like heavy psychedelics and like ketamine and and, uh, DMT and stuff. So these are quite possibly people frying their fucking brains. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm so Frank. So Frank might might the the change in the cult's demeanor might be because their charismatic centerpiece was losing his mind. Yeah, because he couldn't put down the special K. Right. And we're we're given a, an insight into the sort of things that they were doing. They were kind of like doing basic occult ritual type things. And they're also being directed to like spray paint symbols on buildings and, you know, little mm-hmm. little weird fun things as it as we're told. Yeah, put sigils around, find other members to recruit into it, but nobody's taking it. No one's taking the cult very seriously. When you're openly describing yourself as a cult, it's, it, you know, kind of hits different. <laughs> you know, everybody has a level of irony and sort of funsies to this whole thing. The only real people that seem to be taking it particularly seriously are Frank himself and a woman that's only identified as Lucy. And as important as any of these people seem, honestly, none of them really matter all that much. It's just Lucy becomes really important because she goes online and starts helping with the social media campaign. And then Frank has like sort of a weird urban legend building around him because using his website 
he posted a job listing to try to get people to work for this magazine. And when people responded, he did like crazy shit where he would say like, hey, there's a job interview here. And when you got there, it was just like an empty building with like cryptic symbols written on it. Or like he would ask questions and then he would take the response he got and send it to another person that was trying to get the job. And the problem is, is that there was no job to be had because Frank probably didn't have any fucking money. It sounds like typical kind of like weird, um, I don't know, like Luciferian type nonsense. Because there's a lot of like yeah, trying to psychologically break people and shit like that. You know, that yeah, sort of are, thing. The, but the, the problem is, is that these are not, you're not doing it to the spiritual seekers. You're doing it to somebody who responded to a job and uh, a job posting you put up, which is just shitty. Because <laughs> the fact <laughs> is, is that you weren't trying to, you, you know, for a fact, you weren't going to pay any of these people. <laughs> you're a cult leader. You don't pay people. <laughs> right. And like, and and that's just saying that any of that is true. As we'll go, yeah, and as that's we'll find the other out later. Too. There's enough things that seem to be able to be confirmed about this that something was going on. And then there's a lot of people that seem to have a vested interest in embellishing what was actually happening. Because at the end of this, I'll tell you what I think, and most of it is relying on the fact that there were people that were intentionally playing this up. Okay. But that will be, you know, that's your job <laughs> to decide. <laughs> so what we have is a bunch of creative types with occult sensibilities all living in close proximity to each other in sort of a party down commune type lifestyle. And over time they get they get more a slightly more paranoid and then slightly more secretive particularly with Frank and Lucy taking things a lot more seriously than anyone else. As it is always and, in occult groups, yeah. there's always the people that started it taking it way more serious. Yeah, this is super duper serious. And then they also pivot from focusing the cult as a group of people in the sort of London underbelly to... A, a an attempt at least to create a large online presence by doing the quote unquote viral marketing, which is probably where most of I would imagine. And like I said, where I feel like a lot of this stuff is intentionally embellished or um, manufactured. I'm imagining that's where the probably the urban legend post comes from. It might even be where this person named Tara, who is claiming to have been involved with them, it might even that might even be where this comes from. That this was a part of the attempt to get people interested in paying attention. The job advertisement post and possibly the people claiming that weird shenanigans happened when they responded to it. That's probably where this came along. And it all seemed to coincide with the 2012 apocalypse that was supposed to happen, which feels like a weird time to try to start a cult, right? Yeah, a little late Unless to the game were, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't like they were saying, oh, man, we need to build up this cult because we're all going to be together and heavens gate the shit out of ourselves when it happens. It's like it was the 2012 apocalypse countdown was something that they had baked into their websites while they were trying to drum up people. So, I don't know. So far, 
what we have is the through line of Tara's testimony talking about her experiences of when she met Christian who dragged her into this and then meeting the quote unquote center who is Frank and Lucy who is like his second in command orbiter who is the person that is trying to drum up all of this online presence. And meanwhile, it seems to be predominantly just a lot of party down, spooky woo-woo stuff without a real clear end goal or purpose of any kind other than just to sort of get attention for the sake of attention, probably to get people to notice the work of the said creative people involved. This is about 2009 to 2010-ish, maybe 2011-ish. All of this is starting. Uh, Taryn describes the weird experiences of being invited into one of the warehouses where there's a lot of occult symbols drawn on the walls, and it just sort of turns into like a group drinking session. Um, also talking about that there, the, the, the whole loose connection or loose collective rather of creative spooky woo-woo types where they talked a lot about sacred geometry and the Greek gods. And there was the claim that every culture had a Saturn archetype that seemed to be the, 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 the symbolic stand in of death and how death is the essential part of life. This, this is all very basic occult stuff like anyone that listens to this podcast probably gets all of this already. And we can argue the historical parts of it of like, does every culture really have a Saturn? It's like, I, I don't think so, but there but are people the, that the do. The point being is that everyone has dealt with like this idea. Yeah. You've heard most of this stuff before. Yeah. Like and- the black cube of Saturn thing is totally like a meme. It, it's out there now. I'm not sure where the exact the thing origins is, of that are. Like, I don't think it's this. And that's the thing. It, it might be, though, and that is probably the funniest thing. If that the biggest lasting impact of this weird online hoax slash possibly maybe real cult is, is that the black Saturn cube is now a meme. Like, mission accomplished, Frank. Yeah, that's the thing is that I know that this is actually a really common motif now as far as like occult circles with the cult of Saturn, because it's like the idea that um, all of the Abrahamic religions are actually Saturn worshipers. You know, where it's like, oh, yeah, where it's like the 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 cross at the top of the symbol of Saturn is what the Christians are venerating but it's actually because the cross is really a cube. And then it's like the cube that's in the dead center of Mecca is yeah. also like, that's, that's the Saturn cube. <laughs> it's like that sort of thing. And my question is, is that I don't know where to pinpoint that. And there's something really funny to think that the lasting impact of this weird fucking, uh, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, hoax, <laughs> gambit whatever the fuck is that now there are people that are legitimately convinced about the uh 
the validity of the cult of Saturn as being the the secret hidden doctrine of all the world religions. But I, I wouldn't give them that much credit. I think that probably started with somebody else and then they just picked the ball up and ran with it for the purposes of this uh, these highfalutin shenanigans. Yeah, I know the Saturn cube idea has like some real legs somewhere. I'm just not sure where where it turns into the full blown like everything is Saturn worship thing. I mean, I suppose really it's well, like a repurposing of like the demiurge type idea where everyone's like, oh yeah, all the religions in the world secretly worship the demiurge, and it's not the real god. Yeah, it's Rex. It, everything's the the god you worship is really Rex Mundi, who is the devil. Right. But I don't know where the I I don't know personally where the cube thing came from as far as Saturn. So that would be my question. And because I didn't really see any of this cult of Saturn cube stuff until a couple years ago at the earliest, the timeline's there. So maybe Frank is just maybe Frank's out there just laughing, thinking that it's like, you know, I didn't get the I didn't get a a warehouse full of Rolls Royces like Osho. But, you know, there are people memeing the shit out of the the cube Saturn cult thing. Man, you see like I I started a whole cult. All I got was this shitty meme. (laughs) Oh, man. Frank, if you're out there, buddy, uh, come on the up, show. We'll interview and, you. Yeah, no, I would love to talk about this. Taryn gives this account with another person named Richard who was also involved somehow. And all it really amounts to is that there was a weird underground London art collective of spooky woo-woo people. And... Eventually, it bleeds into 4chan because where else do you go if you're trying to make something go viral? On 4chan, um, and this is still probably in that 2010 to 2012 area, there's something that starts called the Voices of X, and X is the paranormal board on 4chan. And it begins with a collective effort of various anonymous users to document instances of synchronicities. This collective effort to document synchronicities creates a feedback loop where in the same way that if you start talking about your synchronicities with other people and they start telling you theirs, you're going to feed into each other. And eventually you'll both be standing there as the waiting on the the pizza delivery guy going, Holy shit, the numbers. Do you see the numbers, Mason? The fucking numbers. <laughs> you know, what are the numbers? Uh, you'll, mean? No, you'll Yeah, you'll start you you will you'll start feeding into each other. Groups of people documenting coincidences and synchronicities will produce more synchronicities because it's an exponential thing and it just has something to do with how the brain finds patterns. Well, right, that's the definitely. psychological explanation. But it, uh, by virtue of having more information to use, you can find more patterns. That's my mundane explanation for how to drive yourself crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you start talking about your synchronicities with other people, 
they will tell you more synchronicities and you two will feed into each other. Now, times that by like 20 or 30 people. Right. And now and times everything that is times, a synchronicity. And time add to that, yeah. like the internet anonymity culture, just like having people bullshit, mm-hmm. one-upping yep. each other. One-up, bolt, you know, lot, get, <laughs> uh, girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight, yep. or whatever the hell it is. You know, imagine that. And then like you will get some people, you will get a really weird echo chamber feedback loop to the point where the person who started it basically said, this entire thing has drove me batshit crazy and I will not be part of it anymore. But, uh, but that's exactly what happens is that the guy who started the documenting effort on this subboard of 4chan basically says, I think that synchronicities are a great way to give yourself self-induced psychosis and I don't want any part of it anymore. Oh boy. They even say something akin to the effect of if there is something greater than the natural mental illness of the human brain, I would have to believe that it was something malevolent and sinister. Oh, wow. The idea that behind your synchronicities he are himself. The, yeah, he lovecraft himself. Exactly. Exactly. And then he abandons the board and then a couple, I think people take over after that. But I believe if I remember correctly around that time when he drops it and is like, I don't want anything to, to do with this. The cult of Saturn people have already infiltrated <laughs> and they've been sort of steering the ship. Because people's synchronicities start going in a particularly dark direction. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe that's where the idea that a cult infiltrated 4chan comes from, is that this was their in, was a, a collective effort of spooky people doing something together to document it. And then they sort of just got in there and started laying roots. And then people start people within the cult start spamming boards and doing a lot of viral marketing quote unquote to try to draw attention to this cult of Saturn. Yeah. That's like the big part for me is that some poor guy who had could have been lying about that. Yeah, Yeah, they could have, they could have, but just the idea that some guy with saying this, some poor guy with good intentions of like, Oh, Hey, like let's catalog our synchronicities so we can kind of like see what's going on and maybe it'll do something. And then it's just like, just a bunch of LARPers infiltrate and start bullshitting and making people have weird fucking either the the desire to bullshit more about the creepy stuff that's going on or like poor bastards just getting influenced by someone saying like, Ooh, it's like I saw a skull that transformed into a black void and you know, a uh, black Ravens and the Pentagon. <laughs> The Pentagon, but no, but exactly. And that is exactly what happened where it was. Some self-interested players on the part of this cult of Saturn, if it existed, or if again, if this was all a, a, a fun narrative concocted by one or possibly a couple individuals, either way, this uh this collective effort to document synchronicities got hijacked by these people to the point where 
either the person who started it was in on it and said, oh, it's too much, or the person that started it was not in on it and got fucked with to the point that they were concerned for their own mental well-being. Right. Somewhere along this line, the cult of Saturn begins popping up in the X boards enough that people start paying attention, particularly in regards to this supposed um, sacred text of theirs, of the cult of Saturn or, or Saturn worship in general, which is called the Book of the Lock and the Key or the Key and the Lock. It's also known as the Book of Lucifer or the Book of Loki. And that was where my bullshit meter starts. And here's the big thing, right? And this is also where, like, my bullshit meter goes off again. A lot of the, a lot of the, the supposed mythos surrounding the cult of Saturn relates to multiple references to the Book of the Lock and Key. And it's also known as the Book of Lucifer or the Book of Loki. And... Edgelord, Luciferian, fake Satan-y type people, like those, those are, those are all like Book of Lucifer, Book of Loki. It's like these sound like yeah, fake, this is made up exact, bullshit. Yeah, this is the exact stuff you come when you're not someone that's actually particularly well versed in occultism. This is the kind of stuff you come up with. Exactly, and that's what it, and that's the thing is that it's like. Maybe not even if you're well, you're not well particularly versed, but it's like you've definitely, if you've fallen for a certain very basic surface level understanding of occult stuff, it's the type of things that you'd probably be Googling when you're up late at night, <laughs> you know? It's, it's very basic, very surface level, very edgy type stuff. Um... Someone and then shows a page it. of it supposedly that just looks like an yeah. old medieval type. It's it's literally like, alchemical. It's literally text. a William Blake. It's it's literally somebody read. It's like somebody took a William Blake painting or etching and reworked it a little bit. Like didn't even change anything. Just made it look like it was printed on a book. Oh, is it actually a Blake piece? That's well. That is literally William Blake. I believe it's called <laughs> At the Door of Death or something like that. There you go. Yeah, it's literally a William Blake piece. Um, and then there's there's multiple references to people trying to find this book. I mean, last episode, we talked about people hunting for a cult, an occult book that didn't really exist. So I guarantee you there's someone who has cobbled together a copy of the book of the lock and key right now that's probably just as real as the Simon Necronomicon. <laughs> there, apparently there were a couple postings of people claiming to have actually found it or like here's what we know and we've seen in the book there's no origin of was this written by a a mad poet or uh, a, a master of the temple or whatever it's that just a book alchemist. that a, it's just a book exactly it's just a book that exists that you're supposed to find and it's very sacred to the the cult of Saturn, but it's not something they can just give you. You have to go hunting for it. Adam Weishaupt's, I know nothing greater to lead a man than a concealed mystery, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just wanted to point out the the book of Lucifer, book of Loki. It's just like, it, it sounds very cringy. Right. It's very, it's very try hard. 
it's always Lucifer or Loki or it's it's Edge Lord. It, it might as well have been the book of some edgy fucking shit, man. I tell you what, it's just nonsense that always comes up. Oh yeah, and it's just I don't know. Well, and there's a taste of that earlier too, because in this whole um urban legend thing that Frank was doing, there were reports of stuff like um he told someone to call up this person and psychologically oh, destroy right, right. them and, and, and shit Frank, like that. Or like he would get them to like submit a piece and then someone would, he would get another person who was and, or uh, give it a yeah, really then, shitty review. And then he, the same thing yeah, would happen and, to them. And the urban legend around Frank and the false prophet website is that it is somehow connected to the Illuminati or uh, the antichrist. So it's, it's again, this is very, this is very surface level occultism stuff. It's it's very it's very basic bitch stuff, which I don't want to dog anybody out. If you're into Luciferianism, then have at it. But you do have to admit that it, it can come across as cliche sometimes, especially when it's especially well, it's, when it's yeah. being misappropriated. Well, it's just- it's sort of like the the order of nine angles and shit like that, where, you know, you get these really hardcore edgelord type of um, fucking um, transgressive magic. Yeah. But it's, it's in, like, the worst possible kind of way, because this is, like, very clearly not even, you know, at least the order of nine angles is, like, an actual thing. I guess mm, I, yes, I would, of. I would, I would flip you know? that and reverse it where it's like, you know, this might be a bullshitty LARP full of nonsense, but at least they're not fucking neo-Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. Frank's okay. In my book, we, we approve of the cult of Saturn much more than the order of nine angles. Don't let, don't let me um, convince you otherwise. There. Yeah. But the the whole point of that sort of antinomial behavior, I guess, somewhere along the line, they they probably not even through much of an effort, just probably a consistent effort. The cult of Saturn becomes well known enough, partly because they talk about this book that supposedly is out there that doesn't really exist. And well, people like claim to have it and then like they show parts of it show pieces of it and then then there's the online files that show up where it's like here are the keys that will lead you to the book or this sort of thing and they're all like bull you know bullshitty oh god they're and i really really hope that the people that were actually doing uh the cult of saturn weren't the people that came up with all of these keys like we didn't get like the keys themselves but we got like people describing what's in them and shit like that. So I assume it's just some guy bullshitting about what they found in there. But some of it is kind of oddly specific in a weird way that makes me think that, like, you wouldn't have just come up with that if you were trying to make up shit about an occult book. Because there's, like, someone was asking about a William Blake quote that's in there, and they sourced it to the wrong place, and um, yeah, that Dougie Jones almost had a conniption. Yeah. I'm going to play that right here. Mm-hmm. So next he moves on to the other files that are in here. And a lot of them are like links supposedly to these keys. I just have to talk about this because he essentially describes like the keys are all just like big list of like riddles and various quotes and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. Listen to this and tell me that this is someone that really knows what the fuck they're talking about. It's a list of a bunch of these things. So number three, the quote from William Blake's The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. And it's it's literally tiger, tiger, burning bright. Who could frame thy fearful symmetry? Like what? That's not, that's not even the, the right quote. That's not from that's not from Marriage of Heaven and Hell. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah. Yeah. Do not tell me. Do not tell me it says that. I hand to God. The the then number four is the mention of it's... hand removedras being related to any of this. Um to... let's see. Uh, we are the okay. ghost of the no, being on. 70% of the just, book. Just 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 I'm literally got I literally have to walk away for a second. <laughs> <sighs> okay, okay. I'm 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 dialing back my rage. And you know, if I think if I had caught that, I might have it probably would have changed my entire tone about this because that would make me go immediately. These are just a bunch of idiots that don't like it. You can't even get the right book from William Blake for your stupid quote. And and then like I, I guess there's the question of whoever was writing these keys for example, were they somebody who was actually involved in the cult? Was this written by somebody who saw what was going on and made a you know, a la Necronomicon? Well, if I can't find the book, well, I'll just make one. <laughs> and then also the the whole, because I guess there's there's also still the possibility that this whole thing from start to finish is a bunch of fucking hooey. The next thing we have up is they're asked someone's the same person who's got this list of like things that need to be like understood and need to be added. And like, what's the significance of them? Relation of the city of Zion from the Matrix, and then like. Oh, oh, this is great. This says um, mental asylums are built near a place that exists between two worlds. And then it has a Twin Peaks quote because, you know, synchronicity is a thing. And it's going to make me go crazy. <laughs> oh, boy. The Black Cube. The Black Lodge. Dougie Jones. <laughs> Dougie Jones. It talks about Loki wasn't considered a god until the Dougie last Jones. 100 years, but he has always been around and powerful. Like, what's that even? What? What are they talking about? From where? From who? What are you basing this on? Nobody. I mean, and that's the other thing, too, is like, as far as we can tell, Loki might have been understood and venerated, but not like. Actively, people didn't you you weren't at you were just nobody was like, yeah, we're going to do some Loki worship. That, Loki that's worship like, was admonished. Yeah, that was definitely something that happened. Also, the last hundred years. What do you mean the last hundred years? I don't you mean. I don't know. And I no, a hundred years. A hundred years ago, even at the time of that writing, would have been the early nineteen hundreds. So, did they mean like the last hundred years of of what? I don't. Never mind. I don't. That's asking too many questions. Probably. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, like the, I like I said Loki earlier, um, Loki only starts. Loki only starts being. Uh, Loki only starts being a god in the new Aeon. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. <laughs> it also says that Ugh. we are the ghost in the machine is 70% of the book. 
Imagine opening that book and it just says that like. No, it just says know, all 70... work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. What the fuck? All is Saturn this? and no magic make Jack a dull boy. That is really a colossal fuck up, though. That is a huge fuck up, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's terrible. That's like a dead giveaway, isn't it? Dead giveaway. I just, I'm just really that that, and man, and part of it is because I just really like William Blake. That's a frustrating fuck up, and I just don't. And and if you're, because I'll tell you this: if your super secret book gets something that basic wrong then it's all probably trash, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's, you know, everything else was You could have the secrets to instant enlightenment and uh, the, the, the philosopher's stone, and you're going to get that. I don't, I don't know. That, well, that's I, I think the problem is like the supposed idea behind this book being some mysterious occult text would more likely imply that it was a really old book. So why would you have like a, fucking blake quote in it anyway yeah blake is very uh had a twin peaks quote in it so i'm guessing that this is like if this thing even exists and this wasn't just another person like making shit up this is another part where my bullshit meter goes off i'm more than willing to concede that the cult of saturn might have been a real thing that they were attempting to recruit people to try to do some sort of bullshitty magic order a la, you know, the DKMU, like that sort of thing. But my problem is like they mention a person named the Lone Gunman, right? Yeah, this is the part who, that started making me go like this is bullshit yeah, too. Who on December 21st, 2012, which you'll know is that it's not the only date, but it's one of the big dates that like that's when the Mayan calendar ends. And they've already established that the cult of Saturn and particularly Frank we're using countdowns to that day to be like, ah, this is when something's going to happen. And when this happens on that day, this user disappears forever after claiming that they got their hands on a thumb drive shaped like a silver key, a la, a la Randolph Carter. And then also book of lock and key. And it's got a bunch of files on on it and shit. It's got a bunch of files, and then as soon as somebody said, hey, I've got my hands on this thumb drive, Frank somehow becomes aware of it and makes a big deal about it, and then the guy disappears, that's staged. You know, it's like, if that even fuck, if this, if anything like this even fucking happened, and there's some screen grabs showing when it happened, but if it did happen, and those, these screen grabs aren't faked, this was incredibly staged and whoever the lone gunman is was a plant. They were somebody because the only thing they mentioned about them is that they were doing. Yeah. It's probably Frank or somebody doing what he want, what Frank wanted them to, because the only things the lone gunman has been doing is, is trying to find a copy of the book of the lock and key and trying to prove that that weird job ad that Frank put up actually existed. And he did weird shit to people. So this is what I'm talking about is that it's like, there's clearly weird internet shenanigans going on. It's just the question of how much of this is fabricated in the way that ARGs are fabricated 
And then if it is fabricated, is it because this is trying to be an ARG or is it like they said in the other thing, this is a cult masquerading as an ARG to get people's attention. And then the other thing is how do you define cult is your definition of a cult, a handful of spooky. And at this point, it's like not even a handful. It's like what? Two people, (laughs) two people (laughs) with like some very two fuckers with some niche spooky woo woo ideas that really want you to pay attention to like their art piece sort of thing that they're doing. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts about this was someone, you know, say someone shows up afterwards to say, Oh, I have some of the files. Cause of course you do some, you just have some of the files. Somebody has to, cause the whole point is that you can't show a flash drive with the supposed, uh, that with a supposed copy of this secret book, and then not throw a little bit of it out there because right. that's the whole point of an, an enticing mystery to keep people to pay attention. And I, but I really like one of the, uh, the image that the video chose to use for this one because it's just a bunch of fucking, it's like a tarot card art piece. Like I saw he like repurposed some um, panels from Watchmen. There was some like weird traced old tarot art to look different. And it had like oh, you know, writing the, and stuff on the, it. Well, that's the three by three cube thing because it's the cult of Saturn. Remember the other, the other side of this is that these morons got clowned on like they deserved because now yeah, we get cult, introduced so to the, the, the cult of Mars, the cult of Mars, which would definitely be like, that's like the CMN nothing initiative. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's taking something that nobody cared about and then making fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so apparently someone noticed this cult of the cult of saturn stuff going on and proceeded to like make memes and uh talk shit about them and (laughs) yeah i don't know i think it's really funny and i think it's very funny that they named the leader of the cult of mars mars (laughs) Japan. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's like the exact thing you would do to make a response to that right yeah, it was, it's like you make a, they made like character sheets and then like put out wanted posters for Frank saying like crimes of impersonating a wizard attempted mind control, <laughs> not, not bathing stuff like that. <laughs> this is the rival cult from the future, right? This is it. Oh yeah. Frank had a exactly, vision exactly. where he saw the cult of Mars making fun of him. Oh my God. I was in the K hole and I saw they were going to make fun of me. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, Lordy. On to the Lordy. next one. I don't even, I just think that's really great. Can we start a, can we do a, a cult of mercury or no, we're not. Can we, can we be, we're going to, we're totally cult. doing a cult of Saturn thing though. We're just going to have CMN shit everywhere now. <laughs> The secret uh, book cult, of uh, we'll we'll be the we'll no we'll we'll be the cult of cult of Mercury and Neptune. And that way we can keep this the abbreviation the same. <laughs> oh, I love that! The cult of Mercury and Neptune. Every All culture right. has a symbol of Neptune, like SpongeBob. <laughs> SpongeBob at it. Like Sp- that's the <laughs> Illuminati showing you the messages in plain sight. <laughs> For more information, consult your pineal gland. The thing dies like in 2013. There's some weird bumps in it to try and keep it going, but it doesn't seem like anyone gives a shit and that's what kills it. 
because obviously, because this wasn't a real cult. You know, this wasn't anything big. This was a a project that some guy was doing to try and uh, promote something. They were probably some yeah. weird uh, occulty people just trying to get their little humdrum project off the ground. In a weird way, it, this can go back to the the thing we were talking about earlier is that the one of the big issues with weird group efforts in occultists, right? You have to have actual defined goals. If yeah. your only goal was to get attention on this magazine, then the cult of Saturn thing was probably going around your going around your ass to get you your elbow, huh? It also might have been the only thing that ever got anyone to notice it, and it just wasn't very good. Yeah, that's the other thing where it's if no one can even really remember what was on this website, <laughs> then you probably weren't doing so hot. But what our dear investigator gets when he finally comes across some people who were around when the cult was active basically say that what it seemed to be was a attempt at an an ARG to funnel attention into Frank's creative projects and also using people that got involved in the cult to create content that he could use for his website which is totally fucking nuts. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like, Hey guys, you just like you're talk gonna... to your friends and see if any of them want to like make a culty stuff for your fucking site. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, and then I guess the other, the, I, I suppose the, because that's the thing is because when we say cult, this is not cult behavior. You are not like brainwashing people or anything like that. What you're doing is that you're, you're creating a weird esoteric narrative and getting people interested. This is so, LARP. That's what it is. Yeah. It's fucking LARPing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you don't have any defined, you don't have any real defined goals is like what you're trying to do. There's no one in this group that seemed to, they don't even get to play on the idea that they're a secret handshake club and they have like some real knowledge. I'm sure that's part of what was going on, but I imagine the guy the the dude frank they the person that when they were they the people that were actually claiming to be around at the time said they talked to frank and the word schizo came up and creepy so he can't even say that like he he can't even use his his charisma to the idea of like i have this sort of spiritual magnetism because i'm one of the awakened or anything like that instead he just comes across as like weird and creepy so, yeah. and this is what I keep going back to where it's like, I, there is part of me that thinks that it is totally possible that there was a cult of Saturn. And what I mean by that is that there was a loose knit group of people, both offline and online that seemed to be down with a certain level of esoteric ideas and weird spooky woo woo, but they weren't really well organized enough to be to be able to say that they were doing anything other than making a lot of racket to get people to pay attention to them and frank might have been using this to try to funnel attention into his website he might have been doing it just to try to have some fun or anything like just like those sort of goals this wasn't like a cult in the way that the branch davidians were a cult or heaven's gate was a cult or anything of the sort. 
these people weren't trying to get you to leave your family and go live on their compound. As far as I can tell, they weren't even trying to get you to send the money. The most egregious thing that Frank could arguably have been doing was trying to get people to send him content for his online zine. And if he wasn't charging $15 for it, he couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, it, it seems like it's really just a dumb project by people that are kind of versed in the occult being taken way too seriously by people who were who know nothing, nothing about, about the occult. occult. Yeah. And I guess that's, you know, that is that's one the of real the real message that is, here the is that like how if, if, if you, when you're in the sauce of this stuff for so long, you forget how little people actually know about any of this stuff and how willingly like against it they are. Well, uh, yeah, I guess how how against it they are and then also how easily people can be taken in when they know absolutely nothing. Right. You know, yeah. When you can if when you don't know. And, and I guess that's the thing, too, is like when we're talking about newbie occultist and stuff is that you can be really taken in thinking somebody knows a whole lot about stuff because they know like a couple very basic bylines about of like weird occult symbolism or methodology, you know? And that, I guess that's one of the things is that if you're, and I would never, I would never tell anybody to, to uh, feel as if they were too smart or well-versed to fall for cult behaviors or fall for the manip, you know, you're, you are not immune to propaganda and in whatever form it is. But it's interesting that I'd imagine that anybody that listens to this podcast would have come across this cult of Saturn shit and been like, I've heard this nonsense before. Do you have anything actually interesting? <laughs> you know? Right. Again, you the guys most positive thing I saw so far was like a weird tarot art piece that looked like it was made in Photoshop in 2005. Mm. Uh, I know the thing you're talking about now, and part of that was using bits from the Watchmen comic. No, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like it was like Watchmen and yeah. some like weird tarot redrawns and stuff. It's cool. It's a cool little looking thing. But mm, I mean, yeah. well, having just well, looked they, at it, well, they rolling on screen. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically, what it seems like is that the cult of Saturn was to get people involved in his weird esoteric narrative that he was throwing around. And then using that to funnel back into his website, because the two people that apparently were claiming to be there basically say that, like, Frank was a weirdo who talked to other weirdos and we were making drawings and writing short stories and articles and stuff to funnel into this website, trying to get people to pay attention. Which is fascinating because uh history doesn't repeat but it definitely rhymes it <laughs> <coughs> didn't charge 15 dollars for it um <laughs> i mean I, on, on the same end we're you know what like do we have to stand on mr listen to my podcast pretty please <laughs> i mean we're not asking other people to do our work for us Mm, just we we just and go down free. and jab the boys in the department with a with a stick, right? Oh yeah, we don't pay anyone else here. We don't get paid. Why should they get paid? Yeah, because we told them <laughs> we'd pay them. <laughs> what kind of reason is that? 
the the conclusion that this person comes to is basically that there was an actual cult of Saturn at some point that started somewhere in a a for lack of a better word like a raver party community in London that branched out online because of like two people in that group maybe maybe a little more but mostly the person identified as Frank Webster and then the person identified as Lucy attempting to make the cult of Saturn stuff go viral really just for the purposes of Frank's false prophet website getting some kind of web traffic a lot of it comes down to how much of this was manufactured, how much of it was manufactured by people that were actually involved, and how much of it was... In ARGs, there's a term called game jacking, which is very frowned upon, but it happens, where basically you find like an ARG thing going on, and because by the very nature of ARGs, you can't come out in front and say, I'm the one doing this. So it makes it very easy for somebody to come in and like throw something out supposedly under the auspices of this is where the game is going. So how much of this was like if you put out if if you put out the idea that there's this occult book that nobody can get, how long till somebody makes the book or makes a a fake page for the book? And then because you're in a position of just wanting enough eyes on it, you're not going to call them out and say, nah, they made that up. You're just going to roll with it. What if it was all one guy who, and his thing just got way out of control? Well, and that's the other thing, too, because like the terror and that's the thing, because uh, assuming that Frank is real and that Lucy is real requires you to believe at least part of what the Terra, um, the Terra story is. And there's really no reason to believe that Terra is a real person anyway. Terra is honestly like an exposition dump from where for where the the cult of Saturn came from. Yeah. So like if you believe if you believe the Terra story it can establish a couple people, but there's no reason to think that this isn't like one fucking person playing a bunch of roles either. You know? That's it's not unheard of. And that's the other thing about this particular and not just this video but like other videos on the subject. There's always this notion of like oh, this is an ARG, and then it's like, well, no, this is like an actual cult masquerading as an ARG. And I'm not saying that there wasn't. Like I I said, I concede the idea that there could have been an actual cult of Saturn operating on the internet, especially if the idea is that the cult of Saturn is really just sort of a a creative collective of spooky woo-woos to try to get the false prophet website some attention. I think we... I think when people on these go like, oh, well, there has to, there clearly has to be more. There clearly was an actual cult. And it's like, why? Because of one unverifiable account that just uses like some party down pictures where it's like, oh, here's a picture of this person, this person, that where everyone's got their faces blurred and like this, that, and the other. And it's like, this doesn't actually prove anything. It, it could very well be that most if not all of the the background of this narrative is made up wholesale to sell the fact that there was something spooky going on and there wasn't <laughs> i and I, I think at the end of the day it goes back to what i said earlier from the uh perspective of people covering it on the internet and stuff uh, 
a, a little bit of woo will go a long way with certain people. A, a lot of people. Absolutely. Would, you know, if you're not, if you're, like you said, if you, if you haven't been steeped in this stuff for a long time, a lot of these things can seem really interesting. I mean, you know, think about when you first started getting into it. You know, you would see stuff and it'd be like, ooh, this is interesting and wild and all sorts of stuff like that. And you, if, if you were in the right position, you probably could have been pretty taken in by some random bullshit that someone was spewing at you. Oh, and yeah. Then- I mean, I, there was a period in my life where I was, I was genuinely hoping I was going to find the Invisibles cell waiting somewhere on the internet to recruit me or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not quite like that, but I was like really expecting that I was going to find some weirdos on the internet that were like, you know, I, and I, and I guess, like I said, that's the, that was like the DKMU to an extent. And this really, in a way, if my understanding of the timelines are correct, this feels like somebody who became aware of the DKMU or was part of the DKMU and then like took the ball and ran with it as, cause my understanding is the DKMU started falling off around 2008. I believe so. Um, so that would put the timeline I mean, the right there. The DKMU is a lot more like together than this sort of thing though, you know? Oh yeah. 100%. This is like someone that flunked out of being part of the DKMU and was like, I'm going to go start my own cult. With black boxes. I mean. And Loki. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I can tell you who I think Frank Webster is. <laughs> I can tell you who I think it is. <laughs> or at least somebody very much or someone very much like him. Oh, Jesus. Cut that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just cut that whole part. <laughs> no, but the I can tell you the type of personality that. Frank Webster is and the occult community is full of them. It, it, I guess the only difference is that if somehow the false prophet had taken off, this guy would have been a genius, but because he didn't now he's laughable, you know, is what it is. But this is a very interesting thing to turn over in your head. I think because one, it's that notion of like a little bit of woo woo goes a long, long way in groups of people that are not used to seeing this shit day in, day out. And then two, this is really a story of people that at the bare minimum, one or two of them were pretty familiar with spooky woo-woo nonsense and particularly Discordian type of spooky woo-woo nonsense, which is really neat. Also, because... They didn't really have much of a goal in mind other than getting attention for attention's sake. And it just sort of all flops out the way it did. You do have to wonder how much of this was manufactured and more, more accurate, how much was manufactured by one person and how much of it was the, the, the weird communal effort, effort behind it. Yeah. Yeah, the communal effort that the internet produces where people that aren't even really talking to each other can work towards a common goal. Yeah, I don't know. But I I did learn two things from this video. Sure. One, it's a lot easier to let people do the legwork for you if you're trying to do um, spooky um, ARG type things. This thing probably could have ran itself. After, like, you know, all it took was a couple posts and people were running with this idea of some book existing somewhere. And even if they didn't really believe it and they were just playing along, you know, like, that's what you want. So, you know, it's it's a lot easier yeah, than it seems. 
And the other thing is that the cult of Mercury and Neptune is gonna gonna be making an appearance. Yeah, yeah, the cult of Mercury and Neptune. <laughs> no one say anything. No one listening to this pod say anything about it. But in like a couple months, when you start seeing like weird um Reddit posts of people asking about the the book of uh, the thermometer and the sea, like you know you're gonna be. <laughs> Just, just you know, hush, hush. <laughs> All right. The book of why it burns when I pee. <laughs> the the parting thought on it is that ultimately, if you believe anybody on this, what it really seems to point to is that. There was a guy under the alias of Frank Webster who ran a website called The False Prophet who created like an ARG esoteric Discordian cult hoax, possibly real cult, whatever, that promoted drug use and uh, your general spooky woo-woo type stuff as a means to get more traffic to his website. Yep. And if it had if it had worked, he'd have been a genius, but because it did not work, we are just left to scratch our heads and go why why why? Yeah, why did you do Although, this? Although there's one there's one post that doesn't get mentioned in the video we're talking about, but I believe it gets mentioned in the some ordinary gamer video where somebody says like this is a bullshit, stupid ARG, and I can prove it because I drew the spooky symbol that Frank told me to, and I took a tab of acid, and nothing really happened. It was you know, <laughs> it's like I was just on drugs. <laughs> I knew he was full of shit. <laughs> my pineal gland opened, and my holy guardian angel dived down upon me and said, Bruh, you are really high right now. This is all bullshit. Yep, yep. And he he said something to the effect of like trying to type, trying to use my keyboard while on acid was more scary and terrifying than the bullshit that Frank had me do. <laughs> anyway, there's your little supplemental. So we'll probably cobble this section between what we just talked about and the the different response clips. Oh yeah, no, I already but, know uh, I'm gonna do there- it. We live inside a dream. All right, I guess we're doing the uh, the nice palate cleanser part of the episode. How goes the work? <sighs> really fucking bad. <laughs> the The work is not good. I have not done anything that could constitute work at all. I this like my New Year's started off with uh, something really powerful happening to me. And then I got like sick immediately afterwards and my week has just sucked. (laughs) Just been sick. Today's the first day that I started feeling better where it was like, I I remember telling you, it's like, Hey, can we, we need to do like a chill episode. And then I ended up having to figure out what we were doing for most of it. So hopefully this episode wasn't too much of a train wreck, but like, no, I haven't done, I've done Jack and shit. So, you know, sue me. What about you? Oh, stuff that I picked up while reading Kenneth Grant has like Mm. taken over. Not even like Kenneth Grant 
work in particular. Toodaloo. Yeah, toodaloo. But um, toodaloo. yeah, not even particularly his work, but just things that I found while researching it. So that's kind of just been what I've been doing. A lot of weird tables and stuff. And like, oh, if you know, this is a table that will invoke different names of God if you read the names in different ways. I got a weird table. <laughs> All right. It, okay. Like, like, okay. Well, here, let me describe it to you. All right. Basically, it's got like a leaf. It's got like a, a, it's got like a leaf in the center that you can take out and then it'll, uh, it'll, it'll get shorter. Are you really describing got- a table to the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This has gone on way too long. Oh boy. You're sick. Right. I'm tired. This this if this was the new year then we're fucked. We are absolutely hosed. Uh All right. With that, this has been Chaos it's- Magic News, the only news outlet brought to you by the Mandela effect. You should I know you think we said that at the beginning of the episode, but we didn't. Go check it. Yeah, Mandela effect. As always, if you wish to find the book of the <laughs> of this the the stork and the tree <laughs> you can find it by funneling ad revenue and views onto our website <laughs> and that website is chaosmagicnews.com where we'll have articles links to the pod interviews pretty much anything you could ever want from us we're also on twitter instagram and facebook at chaos magic news it's it's social media you know how these things work and with that <laughs> would you like the last word i guess my last word would be remember guys a, a little bit of woo woo goes a long long way all right well thank you everyone we will see you next time Bye. Um, it's starting to fade away though, so maybe I think I'm guessing it was just it it was a lot though. There was like it's oh, like I, multiple I heard parts amb- of it. Multiple ambulances, multiple fire trucks, fog engines and or foghorn type shit. Foghorn and a leghorn. Uh, I say, I say, I say, I say, I say, um...